Black, on black, Chevy Tahoe Used to do my thing, all the way down in Cabo Mommies call me Carlos, my homies said I'm wild though Being about this bread, moving work like it's a job Home been hustling for weeks Dirty little motherfucker, yeah I'm trying to eat We heard you little motherfucker, ten toes to that ground Still popping that orange smell Used to popping that, used to popping that, used to popping that Still now this damn trip Brown dollars need a meal. I'm eating off the plate. Now, homie, now what's the deal? Going OT, OT, all the way to Amsterdam. Back to Perry when my girls be like Macy. BHF, CNB, brown bag, we turning keys. Open doors, lock and load. Ain't stop till I buy a boat. K slows, move by. My homie, big mind. We getting that, we getting that, we getting that money ride. That. Listen, you can't deny that was a tough record, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? No, nah, man, you got no listen, you you listen. Listen. You have to you have to you have to you have to show respect, man. Show respect to who? You got that's a great record. You you got to show respect to Slim Thug, Mike Jones and Paul Wall. Fuck them Listen, man, that was that was a tough record. Mm. I, I remember when that joint when that joint came out, man. Man, listen, that was a that was a tough record, man. You know, you know that's uh, I don't know. I I, I love I love Paul Wall's lyrics on there, man. But speaking of lyrics, speaking of lyrics, man, your your man, your man, man, Philly, Philly, got to take the L, man. Philly got to take the L, man. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Meek Mill. Meeky, man. What's what's up with you, man? Meeky, man. Um, I'm just going to say one statement. Niggas been trying to tell us that we can't be looking at entertainers as leaders, as somebody for answers, as somebody for... Any type, whatever, any type of information, you don't go to, you don't go to a veterinarian to um, get some answers by the human. So you don't go to no rapper to get no answers by anything. So people, if, in case you don't know, Meek Mill, Meek Mill's always, bro, he's supposed to be a rapper. You, you get money. He's supposed to be laid back chilling, but he always catches himself in some type of situation. You know, the other week. He was messing with Daniel Hernandez. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he came out recently. I guess he, he did a record with Little Baby. Little Baby? Yeah. And on the record, he, he says, if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper. It will be another Kobe. Now, we all know that uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, along with uh, with another family, I think it was nine people total, they, um, they died you know, sadly, in a, in, a, in a helicopter accident. So, you know, those are just insensitive comics, insensitive lyrics. But um, Kobe's widow, his, his, his wife, she, um, she, wrote, she wrote something to Meek, and she said, Dear Meek Mill, I find this line to be extremely insensitive and disrespectful, period. I am not familiar with any of your music. 
I am not familiar with any of your music, but I believe you can do better than this. If you are a fan, fine. There's a better way to show your admiration for my husband. This lacks respect and tact. Man. Now, listen, man. Man, they should have never gave you some of y'all niggas money, man. That, that's all I'm gonna say about that. They should have never gave. No, no. You know what? You know what? Let me, let me, let me, let me do you one better. They should have never gave y'all social media. Some of you cats don't need social media. Just make rec, make records, make movies, be a celebrity, but stay away from social media. If you, if you listen, if you're gonna be on social media, let your publicist handle that. Let your publicist handle that. Cause you know th- this, this certain cats out there, certain this certain celebrities that that barely touch their social media, like um, you know Daniel Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya the the actor. Yeah, dog, he does does doesn't be on that social media. He has accounts, but probably don't use them until um they got to do like a a, pr- a press run or something like that. But he's mm-hmm. barely on there, you know. And you got you got cats on there like they're just on there every day, and it's like. These are empty-headed people that are just just typing away, twipe, you know, Twitter fingers, you know. But um, whew, I, I don't know about that, man. Like sometimes it's just, it's best to be quiet. If you don't got nothing to say, be quiet. Basically, you know what I'm saying. But he might have been smoking on the Alapada zombie, man. No, no, don't say no <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean. Hey man, I don't know what he I don't know what he was smoking on, but it, it was crazy, man. But um uh back to what we were talking about last week. Buying your friends' stocks as gifts. So as we all know, Michael B. Jordan is dating Lori Harvey. So unlike many other people who sit there and buy buy chocolates and all this all this crazy other stuff, he bought Lori Harvey stocks in hermes how, how do you pronounce that hermes or hermes as the correct spelling uh, oh, well, no, no, uh, you you say you say it well i'm i want to know how you came to to know how to pronounce it well um i read greek mythology plus i was a dude who was infatuated with fancy stuff <laughs> so you know so, and then you know kanye I don't know if you know this, but back in 2017, Kanye bought his soon-to-be uh, ex-wife a blue-chip stock portfolio worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, the stocks included in that portfolio were Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Disney, and 995 shares of Adidas. Which today, the 995 shares of Adidas today would be worth upwards of like 200,000. And then Russell Wilson bought each of his offensive linemen $12,000 each worth of Amazon stock. So what's your thoughts on that, brother? You know, I say I say with that you and you got people who grew up different they understand money from a different perspective. That's only just says that you you know I me mean, these brothers here who doing this as gifts there's two factors to this one 
a person might look at it from the perspective. I say, hey, I give you this. You're going to always be all right. You ain't going to never need nobody. Mm. Two, a person, he doesn't understand niggism. Where, what, what, what is niggism? Break, nigg- it, break, break that down. Break that down. The ignorant ADOS, the one who <laughs> comes from the slums of America, the ethnic enclave. I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about the one who wear Ferragamo belts. Um, grandpa shoes, you know what I mean? Cut up jeans, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like niggism, you know what I mean? It's a religion, you know what I mean? Mm. The one who let off a firearm in the midst of a crowd. Um, go on social media. So you're talking about brothers who don't subscribe to that. And two, sometimes too, and this is a third point, what do you give somebody who has everything? So, you know what I mean? So instead of giving somebody who has everything, giving a person an investment is a well thought off gift. You know what I mean? I think it's a very, very thoughtful gift. This is something that grandparents give to their kids back in the 60s, 70s, when they used to give government bonds and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Hey, here you go. Put this away for his college fund. Not as a joke. The kids might've thought, oh, this ain't nothing, but 10, 20 years from now, that same bond was worth over $20,000. Facts, mm-hmm. facts, facts, facts. You know, so would you consider that cool, or is, is that is that lame in the hood? Is that lame? I'm asking. Um, it won't be it won't be lame because nigga doesn't even understand what that means. Investment <laughs> that could be a soft drink to a nigga <laughs> in the hood. You say something like that, nobody understand derivatives and compound interest, and um split two to one shares like that's not something you did i was only fortunate enough to have certain dudes in my life who who crossed me over but i was gladly on that other side of the fence practicing to be a nigga i was comfortable there i'm not gonna sit here and lie to you you know what i'm saying so you know i didn't understand about life insurance um term and all this and that you know i mean that wasn't something i didn't really care for you know i mean i was my, my only thing was um, smashing single moms, um, insecure women, um, spending my money obsessively, not um, preparing for the future. But over time, when I was crossed over from the burning sands of Oasis, I was awoken to my foolish self to understand that, hey, this is not reality. Because what we're talking about, a lot of these guys only live in a... On a an alternate universe while the world is still clicking, still turning, still turning. Mm. Mm. You know, speaking of speaking of people not being not being woke, um, your 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 favorite homegirl L'Oreal on the uh, undressing room podcast. So I guess it's a new podcast that she has with two other ladies. Um, they they were talking about Michael B. Jordan. And how, you know, one of them, one of them, one of them said that he he, he looks like the the corny guy that will treat you good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> so L'Oreal goes and she follows up and says, you know, her and Michael B. Jordan went to the same high school in Newark. You know, you been I, I took you to Newark. Newark is the slums. Boy, look at here. That's yeah. not nothing. That's not nothing to brag about. Not nothing to play with, man. Brick City, man. Yeah. Shout out to Brick City, but she, you know, but she, she spoke about how they went to the same high school, and um, 
she didn't see the she didn't see his appeal at the at the time. They used to make fun of him because of his name was um was Michael Jordan. So you know they would say things like, "Yo, you ain't no Michael Jordan," and he always used to carry a headshot with them. But you know he was you know trying to be you know he was a, a aspiring actor and model. So a lot of times you have to take those with you because you never know when you might go to a casting call. But you know they used to make fun of him because of his name and the fact that he uh that he always you know would would be with the um with the headshots. But but you know now he's a big time star. Um, and, my, and this just goes to show that what you know what woman value in the hood is 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 different. Um, you know we've had this conversation before. You got guys like um like Dan, what's his name? Danny Glover. Um. Yep. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Um, you know, a woman wouldn't even look his way. You know, you know, black woman wouldn't even really, really look at him. They thought he was lame. They um, said he was corny. Corny. Lame. Mm. Damn, is there, is there somebody else that I'm missing? <laughs> well, you can, you can, you can, you can add Russell Wilson to that. Man, I don't even want to get into that. I don't even, no. I didn't want, I don't even want to touch that. You know what I mean? But if if you're not if you're not a uh, hood standard, if you're not hood standard, then you know women aren't checking for you. You con you're considered corny. Like you're you're not fun enough. You know you, you're 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 bland. You're vanilla, and you know and, and these guys are the guys that are doing the right stuff. Like I I talk I talk to a lot of these guys, and they'll say you know these we're talk we're talking about the. Uh, Jean Baptiste from the chess club, from the, uh, from the church, from the church choir. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now from the from the chess club, you know the guys that that always kept their nose down and got their head in the books. You know the intellectuals, um, you know pe people of that ilk. I remember I told you this. I was talking to this girl one time, and I don't know. You know, it, it just it it wasn't going the way I wanted wanted it to go. So you know, I asked her one time. I said, "Are you feeling me?" She goes, you're an intellectual. Uh, you know, a lot of women would like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you, you like the hood dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you like that excitement. You know, not to say that I can't be exciting, but, you know, just uh, the, the woman's value system in the hood is 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 crazy. And I, I feel like that's why a lot of women that come from the hood are in the situation they're in. Or maybe I'm tripping. No, you you called it dead on, but you know what I mean. There's a little bit more to that. I think um, the value system, the way the way we value men in our community is what the biggest issue, and the way women are educated about men. So, for an example, I was one of those Jean Baptiste at one point. I, I gladly tell people, in there, I come from a very good home. Mm. Um, father worked been with my mom for 30 something years but you know what I mean at the end of the day I wanted to be Fuquan mm. I wanted to be Shiz I wanted to be Trey I wanted to be Tevin you know what I mean I wanted to have sex with insecure women meaning bad bees you see I'm watching my language so <laughs> um so so for that other I had crossed over to the fence thinking that it would up my sex stops and the thing about that is you learn a lot being on that fence, too, that um, women really base thing on a behavior. 
not the attribute of a man. We always know growing up in school as men, we always respect the other men. We never had issues with them. But from a relationship standpoint, when you can see it from 2020, you can see, hey, um, you're with me. I'm definitely going to make you a baby mom. This dude here guaranteed you a future for 30 years comfortably into a new house. Her decision is what she has been instructed over the years as far as what a man's supposed to be, what type of man her friends are dating, what type of man her mom married. So a lot of these things plays a big factor into women choosing who they call as mates. And that goes for any level of the social status, economics. You can be a high level payroll specialist or somebody that works at McDonald's. If your view on men is very obscure, you'll be just like L'Oreal. And this is the reason why L'Oreal is single. There's no ring on it. She has been repeatedly allegedly because I don't want no problems and we don't want this podcast to get hit. She, she's allegedly have bodies on her. I didn't say that. My co-host didn't say that. And excuse me, he does not. Um, whatever I say, he doesn't hold no right. So this is the thing. And that goes for a lot of you other women. Is how you what's your value system on men? How you value men? How do you see them? As you get older, do your value system change, or you let's, still want to be with a thug? Well, let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say it changes over time. So let's say, let's say when she's in in high school, she wants that thug. She wants she wants that um she wants that toxic masculinity. But now, you know, or what she perceives to be masculinity, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and a lot of times that's, that's due to not having a proper role model in the house or they do have a role, role model. He's, he's messed up. Um, but let's say, you know what? She, she thought you, she thought you were a lame in high school, mm-hmm. but you know, she, she went through her twenties. She, she, she might've, she might've got ran through, boom, boom, boom. She might've got her heart broke by a few dudes. Um, she might've, she might've got left with like one or two babies. Now she wants to give you a chance. Should you, as a as as a as a man, should should you excuse her? Should you excuse her for not making you an option earlier, or sh- or should should you just be like, hey, you know what, I'm I'm good, I'm good on that. No, it's the wrong decision to ever take anybody who made you Plan B to her Plan A. No, you should not excuse that. I should be very, very strict with how you'll go approach that and criticize her for this and go on and move to the best choice. Now, would you play with it a little bit and keep it pushing or you would just wouldn't even touch it? If I was younger, I would do it. But as I'm getting older, it's not even worth it. The sack has been used. It might smell a little. You know what I mean? So... Why would you want to? Why would you want to play around with damaged goods? <laughs> you know my co, I mean? but ladies, my co-host said that I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, I and I mean, that. I mean that. Some of y'all be coming back to some dude smelling like fish. Like expect for us to deal with that and stuff like that, and want to make and then the excuse they give. Oh, I was young and dumb, young and dumb. But hey, no problem. <laughs> There's, there, 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 you know what I mean? The, the ratio of women is 20 to 1 in every city. 
And when I say 20 to one, we're not talking about strictly just black women. There's other women too, who are attracted to other races. So, you know what I mean? Your opportunity to get a mate is slim to none. So, you know, we are always a fun opportunity to meet somebody young or old. Mm. So, you know what I mean? You don't need necessarily need to deal with somebody that tells you, why should you pay more for other person's mistake? Whew. Then that's, that's, that's a whole nother episode in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. You taking it to another level, boy. I'm I'm just, you know I me mean, from a person who's been through that, who's always been plan B to a lot of pretty women who I wanted to get with. And if they listen to it, I'll be honest with you. I despise you. Man, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you, man. I felt I felt so I felt low. I'm not gonna lie. I felt low when when that chick had told me that. She like, "Oh, you're you're intellectual." And I was like, damn man like okay <laughs> all right you know uh i you know but i decided to take that as a compliment and i and i say hey you know what just she and she's not the one for me but speaking of intellectuals um doctor our brother dr cornell west um i did not know this but i i, I guess he teaches at um at harvard university and um you know, you know harvard you've been there yeah, one of you know, my favorite locations. You, you stomping grounds. Mm -hmm. So he's considering leaving Harvard University after being denied request for tenure. For tenure, so he he wanted he wanted uh, tenure there, but they're they're saying no. But they did offer him a pay raise as a consolation. So he says he thinks the pol the decision was political because his his work is considered too risky. You know the substance of his work. You know he's out. He's out here trying to be a social justice warrior. Um, so if he had got, you know, so them denying him the tenure makes it easier for them to like for for Harvard to let him go if anything comes up. Hey, you know what? Boom, boom, boom. Because if if uh, if had if it if it had gone the other way and they decided to give him to allow him tenure, um. They would have had a, fi a f financial obligation towards him. So you know what? Even if they wanted to let him go, they still got to pay him money. So in in this in this scenario, it's like, hey, we can we can just keep him there month to month, and then if anything happens, we can distance ourselves away from him. Um. So, do you feel as if? him doing what he does being a, as far as being a social justice where a social justice warrior it do you feel like it impedes on his progression as a uh, as a as a professor as as a academician um um it kind of does if it doesn't fit with the narrative or the ideology of the of of the company or institution he works for you feel me? I thought Harvard handled it very well. Yes, I would have done the same thing. That um, you know, I mean, that thing that you're doing there doesn't align with what Harvard stands for. You know what I mean? And and people got to understand something. People get mad and worry about this inclusion BS. Yo, if you want to do some stuff like that, go to your block. Why you ain't at Howard, Tuskegee, Florida A and M doing that stuff? Why, why haven't you got um, tenure there? You mm. know what I mean? 
It was, listen, you should have been happy that they even gave you a job. Attention to that place wasn't meant to have some people there like that. But thanks to progression and all that, you do have this. So you can't expect for certain things to come out. This is situation. No, I don't want nobody doing no stuff like that. Yeah, that stuff is extreme. Harvard is an institution that promotes um, the elevation of education. You know what I mean? With, with, with certain um, tidbits of social justice and stuff, not meaning they're excluding that, but that's not what they represent. It's an education base. I would not want to align myself with anything that's too radical. Uh, do, do, you, do you think Harvard uh, aligns itself as being more liberal or more conservative? Um, I think they blur the lines on both places in certain sense, but I think they're very neutral based due to the fact that they're an education base. You know what I mean? Um, gays go there. Um, Arabs, Asians... Um, well, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm speaking to like the brain trust, the, the, the guys that run the institution. Um, yeah. Um, the only thing, the only, um, the only way I say if they're more liberal or anything, I think that they're, they're, you could say, um, I don't know how to say, speak. I don't know how to put this. I don't know what, there's a word for what I'm saying. They're for everybody. I'm saying because if they if if they was either left or liberal or, or what I'm saying because you know both have different viewpoints that would that would conflict with everyday society. They let any and everybody go to the school. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They do not involve themselves in certain political issues like or certain politics like other colleges. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've never heard nothing that blurred the lines of certain situations where I thought that, that didn't make sense. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I don't know if you want to say they're a little bit more liberal. You could probably say that, but you know what I mean? Or you see, that's why I say they blur the lines on both. Yeah. Um, this this kind of reminds me of um, of the sports world. You know, the, remember the 1968 Olympics? Yeah. Where, where Tommy John, with Tommy Smith and, um, and John Carlos they were they were uh the gold Tommy Smith was the was the gold was the gold medalist and John Carlos was the bronze medalist and when they went up to receive their uh their medals they put up their fists in the air the black power sign power to the people mm -hmm. and from that point on they were like forever ostracized by the by the sports world um mm -hmm. i know Tommy Smith was you know he went to the nfl after that you know he had a, he had a nice little career and i think he um after that he you know he he lived a pretty good life you know they, they're both still alive but john carlos like kind of never recovered from it um and then we can take that's then that's that's in the 68 that's in the 70s and then you can you can forward it fast forward it 20 20 years later in the 90s you had Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Do you know that man? Isn't that um Tupac's uncle or something like that? No, he was an NBA player uh, from from Gulfport, Mississippi. Oh, um, and he wouldn't he wouldn't stand up for the national anthem. I think he was like the first yes. one to do. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they they ended up burning up his house in uh, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. They burnt his house, um, and. I guess he got blackballed from the he got blackballed from the NBA, so he had to go overseas. Um, but at the, at the same time, too, you also had Craig Hodges of the Bulls. Um, he won he won he won uh, two NBA championships with the Bulls. 
with um alongside Michael Jordan um back in 1991 and 1992 and you know he was a radical um I think after they won the 1992 championship you know how what whenever they win they go to the White House to meet the president yeah so they go to they go there to meet 1992 they go to meet uh Bush 41 was it mm -hmm. and it was, it was Bush 41 and so they go there and I guess he wore a dashiki <laughs> he wore a dashiki and um I don't know I don't know if he refused to shake the president's hand but it was it was a little it was a little controversy let's, let's look it up let's look it up Craig Hodges what what do you do 60 years old from Park Forest, Illinois. He's from the Chicago area. Uh, what happened? When was this? Political activism. So when the Chicago Bulls visited the White House after winning the 92 NBA championship, Hodges dressed in the dashiki and delivered a handwritten letter addressed to Bush 41 expressing his discontent at the administration's treatment of the poor and minorities. Hodges, Hodges also criticized his Bulls teammate, Michael Jordan, for not using his fame to draw attention to social and political issues and said Jordan was bailing out, quote unquote, for, for not being politically outspoken. So in 96, he filed a $40 million lawsuit against the NBA and, it's, and, and uh, the whole 29 teams claiming they blackballed him for his association with Louis Farrakhan and criticism of African-American professional athletes who failed to use their considerable wealth and influence to assist the poor and disenfranchised. So after he was after he was waived by the team, by the Bulls in 92, he did not receive no offers for any tryouts. Like he was after 92, after that, boom, he was gone. He was done. Hmm. He was done, and then years hmm. and then years later, you have Colin Ka Ka Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and and they look received him as a martyr, and he's getting the same treatment, which I had supported the NFL for doing that. Like this is this is my thing. It's like, you know, and that's back to the the whole Daniel Kaluuya situ uh, conversation that we had on the last episode. You know, people are getting mad because he he's, he's bored of talking about race, but. Right, you know, talking about race sometimes gets blurry because it can mess up his bot his, his 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 bottom line, you know. And and I and I maintain, I mean, I maintain that stance from the, from the last episode. My my stance has not changed. Like you're not understanding that these people, these artists, and these celebrities have jobs, you know, and their jobs are to entertain you. Now, I don't agree with when people say, hey, shut up and dribble like like the sport, the, the, the newscaster, the journalist has said to, uh, about LeBron. But at the same time, too, these people have the right to not want to speak about political activism because it can hurt their bottom line. You know, you, people are talking about, well, you know what, they, 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 they have this platform, you know, they're obligated to No, they, they're not obligated to do shit, but take care of their families. Because if they lose their jobs, if, if they lose their contracts and, and they, they're blackballed from whatever industries they're in, their respective industries, are you paying their bills? 
Are you are you are you are you making sure that their mortgage is paid? Are you making sure that their kids is going to their, their private school? Are you making sure their kids have 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 their college fund ready? You're not. You're not. So let these people live their lives because you know what? At the end of the day, they don't owe you nothing. They, they don't owe me nothing. They don't owe you nothing. They don't owe any of you anything. The only th the only person they owe is themselves and their families. I'm getting I'm I'm sick and tired of people placing such a burden on these people. These people are people just like you and me. They have jobs. You know what I'm saying? They have jobs. Mm -hmm. And not and none of listen, and none of you niggas is gonna sit here and say, hey, you know what? All right, yeah, he's not he's not getting no more acting gigs. Okay, yeah, you know what? Let's all pull some money in. You know, you're not going to do that. It's, it's going to be business as usual. He going to be out here fucked up, not able to, he or she, he or she going to be out here fucked up, not able to take care of their families. And that's it. But you know what? Yeah, you know, he, he can't, you can't feed his family, but yeah, he kept it real. Stop this keeping it real shit, man. Keeping it real is keeping it real with yourself. Hey, you might, listen, you, you might feel some type of way. But there's a certain type of way you got to handle things. And, and, you know, not everybody handles things the same way. It might be somebody that's doing shit behind the scenes. Hey, yeah, you know what? Hey, them, 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 do, them dudes out there, they, they rallying. They, um, they, 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 they protesting. Okay, cool. You know what? All right, make sure, you know, work through a lawyer. Work through a lawyer. Okay, you know, people got locked up. Okay, yo. We 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 going we going to pay these people's bail, but we 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 don't want our name attached. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this, but we don't want our name attached. I don't know. I I just I I have this thing where it just, it just it it baffles me how people feel so comfortable telling these people how to live their lives and and what to do with their money and what to do with their time. How many times? How many times have you seen somebody on on social media say, "Oh, this per, you know, this this celebrity bought this. They could have did this and that. They could have, they could have, they they could have uh bought backpacks for the kids to school." Dog, was they what you shooting in the gym? Huh? Most definitely. That shit don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? That shit don't make no sense, man. People, black people, let's stop this, man. Let's stop this. Um, but moving on, Chris Weber, speaking of basketball, Chris Weber, um great basketball player, um, recently announced a partnership with JW Asset Management to launch. A $100 million private equity cannabis impact fund to help minorities who have a passion for cannabis succeed in the industry, in the cannabis industry. So they released a press statement that said, Web, they released a press statement that said, Weber Wellness, which is his company, and JW Asset Management will collaborate to invest in un underrepresented entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry and provide them with an ecosystem of business resources that will facilitate research and development, cultivation, 
retail licensing, distribution, branding, and marketing. Um, because less than 10% of cannabis businesses are owned by Blacks and Hispanics. 80, it's about 80, a little over 80% is, is a little over 80% white. Less than 10% of Blacks and Hispanics have a share in the, have a share in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I think this is a great, this is a great idea, man. You know, because uh, I'm, because I've, I've seen John, I've seen our retired basketball players, John Sally, hop into the industry. Um, Al Harrington. Um, Correct. I know, I know Jay Z. Jay Z is behind it. Yeah, just recently started his company. Um, Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube too. Yep. Um, he's using the same. It's spelt it differently, but he he's capitalizing off of the Friday thing, but he's coming out with his own version of marijuana. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I, I know a brother I went to high school with. Um, he's he's in the process of opening up a dispensary. And, and my OG, just um, his people just opened up a dispensary in Maine. Um, so, no, nah, I mean, I, I, th- I think I think that's great, man. I, you know, there needs to be more black millionaires and and you know more black entrepreneurs. That's 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 a that's a beautiful thing. And I know there's a there's a brother. Uh, I don't know his name. I don't want to butcher it. But I know, I think he's Nigerian American, and he owns a couple of dispensaries. Um, and I think a few different states. I think Massachusetts being one of them. Um, but he's doing his thing in the industry. But yeah, man, less than ten percent. So. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I definitely want to see where where this is gonna go, and you know, hopefully, you and I can hop into the industry, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You know I me, mean? it'll be it'll be real fun. You know, um, you know I me. Mean? There's times where you know I me. Mean? Once we start leaning into economics and start leaning into politics and activism, we'll start to make changes, and that's really one of the more key component thing. Yeah. Now back to activism, like you just said. Chris Weber, in partnership with Morehouse College and Course and Coursera, uh, he's going to de- they're going to debut uh, activism and sport and sports and culture. So that's going to be an online course at at Morehouse College in Atlanta. Um, so they came out with a press conference that said uh, it's going to be yeah activism and sports and culture class is the first course offered by the all male morehouse college on the coursera platform and will explore how athletes coaches and media personalities historically and over the past year have contributed to movements that shift public opinion on inequality and civil rights um so yeah i mean i i i think i think i think it's a great thing you know um and but do you notice how he's doing this at the, when his when his playing his playing career is over? This 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 this, this doesn't this, he made the majority of his bread? Yeah. And I feel like I feel like maybe sometimes that's how you have to do it. Get your money first, and you know what? On the back end, that's you know that's when that's when you do certain things like that. You know his family his family's good. His kids are good. His kids are probably gone through college you know um so he can he can afford to talk about you know uh polit you know political issues now because it, it doesn't really affect his bottom line and he and 
I'm gonna I'm just leave it at that, you know. But you know, back back to what we both said before this, like these people are not they're not obligated to do that. No, not not one, and they shouldn't do that. I I think um, you know, I me mean? the whole basis of this entitlement. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that people are not entitled to certain things, especially people who was brought over here to the Western Hemisphere. But we gotta understand the situation that we're in. You can't beg for something that somebody ain't going to give you. You know what I mean? You know, I'm a Garveyite, which leads into the Nation of Islam economic plan. I just want to make that clear. I'm, I'm a Nation of Islam sympathizer. I'm not a member, but I do understand the premise and follow the ideology to do for self and um, not worrying about nobody. That That's really all it is. You got an issue with something, go build it. Shout out, shout out to Brother Musa. Basically, you know me and Sevelyn and Patrick and um, Tony Muhammad and Mosque Number Eleven and the Miami Mosque here, which handles the Caribbeans and also, yeah, you know me. Uh, we need to start waking up and start thinking. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. What you had stated the other day, recently, right now, about these guys and who made sacrifices in their life before our time, which was a good thing. You know, I mean, I didn't really. You know, me being a Garveyite in a understanding group economics, I said, man, I just don't want to get killed with this. Only way you can ever make a statement and show true power is with your money. Facts. That's it. If you want people to respect you, if you want killings to stop, if you want to stop being predatory, predatorial attacked and stuff like that, you... You move with your money and not with your mouth. Facts. Mm-hmm. Everything's all this. Yo, this this society works off of money. You can sit here and, and cry and protest all you want. But you know what? What these people respect is that money, that dollar. Once that, once, once that dollar starts affecting them, that's when you see change. Hey, you know what? Okay, yeah, we're going to have to listen to these people because, yeah, they you uh, yeah, our, uh, the economy is suffering. Yeah, these these people are not coming to our stores. Okay, you know what? Yeah, we gotta we we gotta we gotta make some changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, and and, and that's all those sit-ins, all those protests in the '60s. That's what led to integration. Cause yeah. they 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 realize, hey, listen, these people, these black people, they. They have a lot of money. They're not coming to our businesses. We suffering. You know what I'm saying? They understood. They 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 understood. Okay, you know what? I might not. I might not like. I might be prejudiced against black people. But you know what? I can't be. You know, when it comes to this money, I can't be prejudiced. We need these people in our stores. Hey, you know what? They t- they tired. They tired of going to their own entrances. They want they want to cut they want to enter it with us okay boom let, let that be it they want they want to sit wherever they want to sit on the bus let that be it because these people they spend money with us man you know you know back to what back to your point yo if if you want changes to come if you want these people to listen to you it's that money that money talk man basically that's all that matters economics 
basically. I don't go into no Jewish store and get mad. I don't go into no Hispanic store and get mad. I don't go into no Russian store and get mad. I'm not going there because if they don't want me there, I won't be there. It's enough people that look like me where I can go feel comfortable and get, get kicked out from their restaurant. So I could just go right back in and fuss. Because <laughs> I have a right to be there. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, hey, shout out to that brother, Russell West, Westbrook, man. So he's following in um, LeBron's lead and he's opening a state of the art school for under underprivileged youth in his home city of. Um, yeah, he, I think he, yeah, he's from South Central. So, so he partnered with LA. He he partnered with the LA Promise Fund to launch the Russell. Yes, guess what the name of the school is? Mm-hmm. The Russell Westbrook Why Not Academy, which will cater to students in South Los Angeles from grades six through twelve. The schools will focus on providing access to high quality athletic programs while balancing a strong education and leadership development, according to a statement, a statement from the foundation. So yeah, shout out to that brother, man. You know, he's using, he's using his, um, his money and his influence to, to, you know, to, um, to, to do good, man. You know, and, and, and it's the thing, like, if you want change, like we said, is is going is going to take economics. But you, the change is going to come from the next generation. You got to put the next generation in 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 the position to make those changes. You feel what I'm saying? Yep, and hold them accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, but let's get into our main topic, and 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 we were speaking about this the other day, but we we wanted to make it its own topic misconceptions of the diaspora about american life mm-hmm. your overseas family asking you for money now as people may know you and i are both haitian american right we're, 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 we're both first generation american meaning that we're not ados we're not american descendants of slaves our people our people came from haiti so 100 percent. so you know we still have we still have family in haiti mm-hmm. so i i know uh i think i went to go see my mother was it last year or the year before i think it was yeah it was, it was pre-covid so it was um i went to go see my mother not too long ago might have been last year the year before no it was the year before actually so it was 2019 so you know i go see my mom we're talking and you know she puts me on the phone. She's on a, she's on the phone with her two nieces in um in Haiti. So I never met them before. I, I had never I, I didn't even know about them until then. So you know she puts me on the phone with them. I think she gives them my number. So now they start calling me and everything is cool. Whatever, whatever. Hey, cuz, how you doing? Cause th- everything is cool, but it things get things change when they find out that you, you can either speak the language and or write the language they get really comfortable they're gonna start texting you all the time hey how's your day good morning good afternoon good evening they're sending you pictures they're sending you pictures of the kids the family boom boom boom. you know they're trying to get acquainted with you really quick because at some point they're gonna hit you with the hmm hey man um you know things are messed up out, out here man i was i was wondering if you can you know send me 
a hundred dollars or you know um you know uh, i had another cousin on, yeah. on my father's side yo yo cuz can you put money on my phone <laughs> i was like <laughs> I was I was like, man, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I can't do that for you. I'm sorry. You know, um and, and he was cool about it. He was cool about it. Um, but you know, the cousins on my mother's side, I had to end up blocking them, man. Mm. I had to end up blocking them because it was because the first time, if I tell you, if I tell you no, I, I, I expect you to respect it. Now, when you ask me again. Now you're tripping, because it's it's one thing if if we've met before and and we have a we have a relationship and you know we you know I, I we, we 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 we've shook hands and we've hugged, but if I've never if this this goes to anybody if I've never met you in my life, we've never shook hands, I ain't never slept at your house, you ain't never slept in my house. Don't you dare ask me for no money. Talk about it. Don't you dare fix your lips to ask me about any money. That's you got to be out your damn mind, you know. But I feel like a lot of people from overseas they look at us as, "Oh, you're in America, you're doing good." Not realizing, okay, yeah, you know what? You might be struggling over there. You you have you have a Haiti you got you have a Haiti struggle. You have a Nigeria hustle. I mean, a struggle. You have a, a Ghanaian struggle. But I mean, you have a Kenyan struggle, but I have an American struggle. You know what I'm saying? Well, while you might you might be out there trying to figure out how to eat, you might be trying to figure out how to keep your phone on. I'm trying to figure out how my mortgage is going to get paid. I'm trying to figure out how my rent is going to get paid. People don't, they don't see that. They just look at it as, oh, 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 cuz you're in America. But listen, just because I'm in America don't mean I got it. You feel me? Facts. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure this, this happened to you. Oh, um, I deal with that on the on on a on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? I, I just think that um, what's 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 the most somebody ever asked you for from Haiti? Two grand. No, you serious? Two thousand dollars. Um, they said they they needed a little bit of startup money so they can go to where they need to go and some money to get a place and some feet. But you know what I mean. And but this is the issue that we have, where you know what I mean family members like that. You know what I mean. You 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 have the golden ticket, as what they might call it. You you're born bred. Mm. You get the gold. You know what I mean. Walk in gold sneakers and wear sneakers for. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes your own family associates you as a black American, which in hindsight you are in a sense, but um, yeah. you still hold core to your values. But I try to explain to them. I say, hey, I have nigger problems. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm Listen, my mother cleaned toilets and my daddy picked trash just to make sure we ate for the last 30 years. There's no stocks, bonds, no crypto stacked here. So, you know what I mean? A lot of people understand like, hey, you know what I mean? There's nothing we can't do. The only thing I already tell people is this. And I, I told my cousin too. I said, hey, check this out. What I can, only thing I can do is I got some stuff here that I'm not using. 
I could put in a little barrel here and send it to you so you can sell to make money to empower you, but I can't give you anything, brother. So when you, you what's the response when you say that? All um, um he said I tried him, he said I was disrespectful. Why can't I just have the money? I know you got it. You stay in you stay in America. I seen pictures of your house. You know what I mean? Shit, the, the house ain't even paid for. We still, we on a 30-year mortgage. What'd you expect? <laughs> Shit, my daddy had a stroke. He couldn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. his social security ain't much. His pay changed dramatically, you know what I mean? So, like, like what, what, what are you talking about? So, like, so I just tell people this, man. You just, you just got to educate them, too. You know what I mean? But it doesn't help either that you have a lot of guys who are from the diaspora, who are from other countries, who know how poor the country is and go back and stunt. You know that. Like, i give you an example. Um, A friend of mine, she's Jamaican, she explained to me that her mother, they both living in a one-bedroom apartment. Whenever they go back and visit, they would save money just to get the, the finest garments and have money so they can look like they're doing something. But I said, you're sending the wrong message there. Yeah. Only reason why people leave their country is for jobs. And when you come here, you only, you get the minuscule jobs. That's the only reason why you come here. Life is actually better where you're at compared to here. The difference is you just don't have the money. Most times. Yeah, you're right. Because the richest people in Haiti would never want to live here. You're right. You're right. You're right. Why would they? You know right. what I'm saying? You're right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, who's, that? who's that, Alexa? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm doing something right now. Let me give you a call right back. Yeah, my bad. That's, um, you see, I just did, I just did a nigger thing just now. Well, that, that's that's the money call. You listen, man. That's the money call. I, I know what that. I know what that is. Yeah, like people just, you know what I mean. But back to what I'm saying. Hey, people, empower your people in the diaspora by sending them, sending them a book, or sending them an e-course online, or sending them cell phones or tablets or something. Anything that can connect them online. Other than that, never give anybody money. Never ever give people money. You empower people with education and opportunity. And this is why me and my brother here, we have plans to empower our own country because we don't want to take our golden ticket for granted. Facts, 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 facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And, and, and mind you, not to encourage people to leave that leave the diaspora, not encourage people to leave their hometown to come back, but to go there and to upkeep the company to bring it to a point where people can want to come back home and bring it better. You know what I mean? Each, all these African countries and people from the diaspora, their biggest export is their people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 rem <laughs> I remember, uh, being in a, a cab in Brooklyn. This is, this is years ago when I lived in Brooklyn and he said that, um, a lot, I forgot what country he came from. Might've been like Congo. Yeah, I think it was. I think I think it was from the DRC. Um, I think yeah, he was Congolese, and I think he said that a lot of people that that end up leaving Congo never come back. They never come back, man. So you're right about that. You know, Africa's biggest exports is its people. Yeah, you know, you know how bad is that? 
weapons designer, gold miners, um, civil engineers. You, listen, I know at least four to five Haitian civil engineers. Four to five Haitian civil engineers. Mm -hmm. We have a road issue. I don't see none of them coming back. I know people who are electrical engineers, um, chemical, mechanical. I went to school with these guys. Some of these guys are not even from here. They're not even born here. These Haitian guys I know. And, you know, I always want to say, hey, why don't you go back to your own country to help it out? But that's disrespectful. Yeah. To ask that type of questions. But us, who's not from the diaspora, who's not from there, because, you know what I mean, the only connections we have is through our parents. We want to go back and make a change. You know what I mean? And everything has to do with dollars. And that's the sense we're had. So, Take an example for a man like Marcus Garvey, who was able to get his own steam line boat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Take an example from him, people. And he did that in the 1800s. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and black people supported him. And he was from that diaspora. But he knew he wasn't going to trade an oppressive country for uh, uh, trade an opp oppressive country when he can go back home to Africa. He know what home is. That's our link. But we're not gonna forget where we come from. Yeah. I think I think a lot of times too, or not I'm not gonna say a lot of times, but sometimes certain people have just traumatic experiences with where they came from. You know what I mean? Um whether whether it might be, you know, political issues or whatever, whatever, to the point where, you know, they just left traumatized, so they just don't want nothing to do with their country. You know, I'm not gonna say that's the majority of the cases, but I know in some of the cases that that that's what it might be to the point where it's like, you know what, I've seen too many things. My people died over there, or this and that. The 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 um there was there was a coup, or boom boom boom. That you know they 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 did such and such to my family that they took our money. So I don't want nothing to do with that country. And I and I and, and I and I can understand that. Um. And, but as far as Back to the main point of um, of foreign, of, you know, your family, your family overseas asking you for money. Listen, your people over here are probably struggling just like you are back home. It's just a different level of struggle. You know what I'm saying? You you right, and and I want to go back to what you just said about people who don't go back because they I don't need them around me. Mm. This this life is not for the weak hearted. Mm. That's the issue with them, these type of people. I need people who's ready to die. Mm. If you're not ready to die, don't talk to me. Don't come here. I'm ready to die for what I believe in. You ready to? I give you a prime example. Yeah. You, you. I give you a prime example, and this is the funny thing. People talk bad about white folks, and they talk bad about white folks' ideology. They're ready to die. For whatever they believe in, and they are extreme about it. Well, you, you saw that on January sixth. Oh, uh, without a doubt. But we'll go even further. Listen, nineteen thirteen, Emily Davidson, who threw an English woman who threw herself in front of a racehorse to fight for the votes of women. Yeah, that's a statement. So she that 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 horse that horse kicked the ass. Instantly it killed her. Yeah, yeah. She threw herself in it. I need people who's ready to walk in front of a bullet if they want what they want. Other than that, you stay you sucker, stay away from me. 
When it's time to go, I want you, when it's time to go, I send you back into the slaughter room. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's some black folks that I will feed back to the streets. So when you t when you say that, I say I know some people like that. They want to play a save and stuff like that. Also remember commas too. Mm. I got nephews growing up. If I'm not ready to die for him to make sure he can live in a better place, I don't need to be talking. I'm ready to die for what I believe in. I'm ready to take a bullet. Period. That's it. Mm. So that 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 leads us to our final uh, our final uh section. You got me, you got me fucked up. So I guess I guess they got you fucked up, huh? Yeah, you might as well you, you basically <laughs> might as well say that. I don't need weak I don't need weak dudes around me. I don't want none of that. I need real revolutionary soldiers. I don't need none of that type of stuff. I, I don't want to talk to people who are not about that. That's why I don't hang with a lot of people. A lot of you guys is fugazi. Go ahead, live comfortable in your comfortable job. You know what I mean? Let Master Spoon feed you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Master respect me more than he'll respect the person who work under him. Because mm. I'm I'm not trying to eat master food. I'm not trying to take nothing from him. I'm not trying to take his job. I'm not trying to take his woman. I actually respect him. I actually respect him when he tells me to go across the street. I say, no problem. I'm going to build a shop right across there. But you don't come over there either. So what you what you're saying is you 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 respect you respect you know them them want them them wanting their space and, and you wanting your own space. Yeah, basically, I love a racist white boy. Mm. I can't live without him because he's honest they, with you. He's honest with you. He's real. Very very honest yeah. with you. And mind you, I agree with certain sentiments. We we can live together. A lot of people fail to understand. Malcolm X met with the Ku Klux Klan, and the Ku Klux Klan was in a position to try to help him get a state for his own people. At that time, they believe in separatism, which yeah. a lot of white folks we practice separatism invisibly in front of people's eyes, but nobody don't want to admit it. Mm. There's some area codes that's so white you will you might catch one black guy there, and he he might rarely ever come out the house. <laughs> yeah that that uh reminds me of that that um that joke that uh chris rock was saying that that one time where when he moved into his new town every time he goes into a new town the first thing he does is he goes to the police station because <laughs> yeah. he, he wants them to know hey yeah we, you know we live here yeah like like honestly honestly tell me tell just Honestly, does that does that make any sense? Who wants to live like that? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But come know. on, who wants to live like that? Come on. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> come on. But uh you got me fucked up. What what got me fucked up? You know what? I hate wishy-washy people. I, I can't stand a jackal and a Dr. Jackal, Mr. High motherfucker, man. Can't stand them type people. Like Listen, be consistent. If, if listen, if 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 you're gonna be a if you're gonna be a bitchy or moody person, be that person. If you're gonna be happy, be happy. But stop flip flopping. That's just not cool. Cause you you, you seem unstable. You seem unstable, then people don't want to be around you. Cause now you you just yeah those I don't like them type of people, man. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 pick one. If you're gonna be happy, be happy. 
If you're gonna be mean, be mean. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Listen, because you know, I I, I I respect the nigga that don't want to say nothing to me. I like that. You feel me? Yeah, no, definitely. Because I, I know what it is. Now, if you if 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 if, if you if you if you mean one day, you know what I'm saying, or you just on some standoffish type shit one day, and then the next day you're like, hey, what's up? See, that scares me now. Cause I'm like, okay, who are you? I I, I need I need you to be consistent. Consistency is key, man. But um, another this is another episode of something's got to give. This is what episode four. Yep. Um. So we appreciate the love you've been sent. You've been sending us. Listen, please like, please share, please subscribe, please leave a rating. Um, you know, we're, we're Apple, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you're listening, please leave a rating. Um, p- please share and um, keep listening, man. And we out. Peace. Peace.